I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, NFTs, 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 how to make an NFT and become crazy rich. Also, if you're an artist, how to transfer your artistry to NFTs and other headlines. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. Before we get into the crypto prices today, I want to remind you about burritos or Bitcoin. Chipotle put out an announcement the other day and says, do you like Bitcoin? Well, yeah, yeah, I do like Bitcoin Chipotle. I also like your burritos. And they said, you know what? We got you. We got your bag. Tomorrow, April 1st, you can go to burritosorbitcoin.com. Link is in the show notes. And at 9 a.m. Pacific time, you can start guessing the code to unlock burritos or Bitcoin. There's going to be $100,000 worth of burritos given away, as well as $100,000 in Bitcoin, including three prizes of $25,000 in Bitcoin. So so just for tomorrow, National Burrito Day, go to burritosorbitcoin.com. Link is in the show notes. And play the game to win Bitcoin. And if you do win Bitcoin... Please come on the show and tell me about it. Matthew Aaron at Crypt.co. Make sure you send me an email. Now to those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $58,900, down 0.2% in 24. Ethereum's at the number two spot at $1,840, up 0.2%. Binance Coin is up 1.1% at 306.06. And Teller's at number four, while Cardano's at number five at 119, down 1.8%. And Polkadot's in the number 6 spot at 37.38, up almost 10% in 24. Total market cap we're at, woo, look at this, $1.945 trillion. So, so close to the $2 trillion mark. That's going to be a big thing. If we pass that $2 trillion mark, I might have to come on and do an extra episode just to say Yahoo! With a BTC dominance of 56.5%. In our first conversation today, we welcome on Decrypt's disgraced journalist, Ben Munster, to talk about NFTs and how to make them and his journey making his first NFT and trying to get rich. Disgraced former Decrypt journalist, Ben Munster, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Dude, this article that you wrote is 19-minute read, and I wanted to get a summary for everybody because I want to make sure that everybody had the inclination and desire to click on that and read through this, how to make your own NFT and get crazy rich. What is this about, my friend? Well, first thing to make clear is I did not actually get crazy rich, but it's an adventure through the strange world of NFTs. The article, basically, I tried to, I was, I was genuinely getting a little bit destitute. I'd run out of money. Well, I mean, I had savings, but I wasn't earning much. I didn't really have a steady stream of income. And then Josh, decrypt editor, came to me and said, why don't you sell some shitty drawings, which you do, and see if you can make some money. Turns out I'm okay at art. And I thought, yeah, I may as well try and capitalize on this craze because these NFTs were going at the time for hundreds of thousands. Now they're going for millions. Basically, I made one and sold it for $500, which 
given the quality of the artwork, was actually um, vastly overpriced. So, so what was the process? So this whole process was actually trivially easy, really. I mean, so I was expecting this. I'd have to figure out how to code in Solidity, and I'd, I'd be I'd be buttonholing Ethereum developers and trying to figure out how to how to sort of bake some complex programmed events into this thing which is what you can do but as, as i point out in the article I, I couldn't really be bothered to do that so i basically just uploaded it onto OpenSea. it was it was as easy as uploading a picture of a passport or something on you know a government website or whatever the fuck so, so so one of the things about the nft movement is it's supposedly for digital natives artists who who've already done interesting creative works in the digital space for instance um virtual reality was one so the idea is that these works which aren't oil paintings, which you can frame and sell, you know, in a marketplace, a physical marketplace, that these digital works can now be sold for royalties and they can be owned digitally. But I made an artwork, which was basically a photograph taken on my phone of a drawing I did on a notepad and then edited with Photoshop, which took about an hour. And then I just uploaded that. It wasn't a digital artwork insofar as that it was literally digitally uploaded it was but otherwise it was just a it was it was just a painting colored in on a computer so i guess the question is do you think that this whole process yeah. is a sham do i think this whole process is a <laughs> sham is a strong word um i i think that ownership of ownership of these things is is generally kind of illusory in the in the sense that like um for the most part, you're not purchasing anything. You're not actually gaining exclusive rights to an artwork. You're you're basically accessing, you're buying a, a digital token, which has metadata, which can be sort of deciphered by these marketplaces or by a wallet, which then um, basically links to a URL wherever the image is hosted. In, in few cases, the metadata of the token describes the actual artwork itself. So if you imagine you buy um, an 8-bit painting of a of a moon cat or whatever right the art itself is baked into the actual digital token but that's very rare so most of the time what you're buying is a signature which just says you own a thing which other people can still look at which feeds into what the conclusion of my article was about which was that the ownership itself is what people are buying the ability to look at something publicly accessible like a rich benefactor might do with a bench in a public park and say, I own that. Everyone else can look at it, but I own that. And this, to me, actually sort of is illustrative of the spirit of NFTs, much more so than anything related necessarily to art. Like, there was, there was someone who described it quite well as patronage. One thing I noticed in your article is that you actually tried to price it at $4,000, and then you lowered the price. <laughs> I mean, that was a technical glitch. Well, it wasn't a glitch. It was a <laughs> fuck-up on my part. I, I, I said it at 4000 thinking, you know what? This market's bubbly. Someone's going to drop in at that point, at that price. It was four thousand ETH, so that was roughly six million dollars. Oh, so that's four thousand ETH. Yeah, oh. I thought it was four thousand dollars. <laughs> so I thought, look, that's that's, that's not completely unreal, unreasonable. Ben Munster, disgraced journalist from Decrypt. Thank you very much for coming on and telling us about your your journey. And I encourage everybody to read this to see the journey. I hope it inspires everybody to make their own NFT. Thanks, Ben. Ple pleasure being on, Matthew. In our next conversation today, I welcome on Jesse Dittmer who is a photographer, he does film photography, and he's converting his photography over to NFTs. He took pictures of some of the most famous people in the world, and he's gonna tell you about that, he's gonna tell you who they are, he's gonna tell you about his photography, and he's gonna tell you about the NFT space right now. Jesse, how you doing? Welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. 100%. I'm excited to have you here because this is a very big emerging market and you are taking it from a different angle than we've covered on this show before. You're talking, we're talking about photography and NFTs. Look, I want to know about what you do, what you've done. And then I want to go into NFTs and how they're going to change the game for what you do. So Jesse, who are you and what do you do? Well, thanks a lot, Matt. I mean, uh, I, uh, I'm a photographer, professional photographer, celebrity photographer. I work for publications like the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, brands like Apple and Hulu. I photograph some of the biggest, most influential people of our time right now, including Tom Brady, Denzel Washington, David Letterman. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of people who are very interesting, not just actors and actresses, but um, also politicians and artists and authors. Uh, I'm just a guy who loves people and I love to take their portraits. Typically, I use uh, film photography. And um, and until recently, my work was always living in the physical world. I, I created multiple books um, that I've published and sold uh, that I'm really proud of. And, and now I'm, I'm uh, ex- expanding my work into the digital space with NFTs, and I'm really excited about it. Excellent. I, I like how you said that it's living in the physical world. Tell me about how art lives or photography lives in the physical world. And then do me a favor and tell me how it might live in the digital world. Absolutely. I mean, you know, traditional photography has, has lived in, in paper form. It's a medium that started on paper. And, you know, you've traditionally bought artistic photography in galleries in, in my hometown, New York City and Chelsea. Uh, you've also purchased books, uh, you know, art books, some of my favorite photographers. The reason why I got into photography was look, looking at fa- uh, famous portrait artists in, on the floor of Barnes & Noble, flipping through paper books. Uh, you know, I love the paper medium. That's what photography was built for. It was built on paper. So that's traditionally the best way to have viewed photography. Uh, and, and now that's changing. And I think the NFT space is, you know, a really fascinating, great way for photographers and other artists to, you know, bring their work into a space that is, that is relevant and new and, and growing. So when you say relevant, new and growing, how do you think that this is going to grow your photography? Do you think that you're going to lose something with your photography? Look, I, I'm not a photographer, but you're doing it on film for a reason. You're doing you're not doing it on digital for a reason. Putting this filmed photography onto digital form in an NFT and trading it or, you know, tokenizing it or whatever. Is that going to take away from your art, your craft? I don't think so. I, I, I what I love about NFT is, is that it is it feels very democratizing. And it feels as though the access to my work expands exponentially. So, you know, I have a pretty sizable following on on social media, people who are interested in what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And what what I love about the idea of an NFT is when I come out with a new portrait of someone like I just photographed uh, one of the actors from the Queen's Gambit, which was just a huge uh, a Netflix show this past during quarantine great show. and it got a great response. And now I can say to, to everyone out there, Hey, if you like this picture, you can go get the NFT and I'll also send you a print. And now you have ownership of this digital item. You have also a physical item to correspond with it. That Garrett, that is proof of ownership really. And it's a, just a way for people to have l- less of a barrier to access my work. They don't need to go through a gallery they don't need to go through a third party. It's everything that's great about the blockchain and crypto and the NFT space. It, it's just those same principles applied to art. It just, you know, is going to allow more people uh, more access to 
to art and to money and to everything else that that crypto offers. So what do you really want to gain from this? I know you said that it's access and money and all these other things. Do you think that, let me ask this question again. Let me take this back. How do you think that NFTs can enhance the artist experience in the relationship with the onlooker or the collector? The, the most thing that most excites me about it is there's two things that most excite me about it. I've been moving into a more moving portrait space. I shoot a lot on film, but I also shoot these moving portraits, which are just quick vignettes that are basically a one to three to five second clip of someone moving through an image, basically what you would see in between the moments that I photograph. And so as I've been doing that recently, and I've been doing that primarily because it lives better in a digital space, I've been struggling with how do people consume this art? How do people, and and yeah, they consume it on Instagram and Luckily, the publications that I'm working for, like the New York Times and the Washington Post, are starting to become more interactive with their features and more online. But there was never a way that I was going to be able to sell that piece. I was never going to be able to, to print it out. I, was, I, I would have had to put it on some sort of device and sell the device. And so the NFT space allows me to sell an artistic piece made digitally for digital in a digital space in a digital way. That makes me very excited. So it allows me to continue expanding my work and still have it be accessible to potential collectors. The other thing that really excites me about the NFT space is that it just allows people to not have to go to a gallery to get my work. If they want to get my work, they can get it digitally, consume it digitally, and it it just provides a lower barrier to entry to consumption of art, which I am excited about as an artist and a photographer. What do you think the NFT space is missing? Here's what I, I, I think it's missing is if I get some of your art or your work, I want to put it on my wall. I want people to see it. I want it to be displayed, especially if we're talking about these vignettes and there are three to five second vignettes. I want to make sure that when people walk through my house, they see what I just purchased because I'm doing it for clout too, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so there's still this barrier of how do I get this and I, and, I, and I display it and show it off to my friends. That's what I think. What do you think the barrier is still? I've solved that personally, and a lot of photographers are solving that with sell, having having NFTs unlock physical items. So you can get the print; it's directly tied to the NFT. They're 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 uh, married in in uh, in essence, and you can put the print on the wall and also own the NFT. What I think the biggest barrier to entry in the NFT space is is just the uh, usability for people who are not onboarded with the crypto and Ethereum networks. I've had, I, I've got this auction going on right now with, with uh, my first NFT auction with Tom Brady on OpenSea. And I've had dozens of people say they've tried to bid on it, but they have never opened a wallet, gotten ETH and know the terms. And that's the biggest barrier to entry. I think that the NFT space, the art space will expand rapidly when someone figures out a way like NBA Top Shot to just say, hey, here's my chase card. I want to bid on this. And, and it's not there yet, unfortunately, for, the, for people who are not already onboarded into the crypto space. I think that that's, once that changes, it, you'll see a dramatic increase in people in influx into the space. Jesse Dittmar, photographer and artist to the stars and the famous <laughs> and the elites and everybody. Thank you for coming on the show and talking about your work, talking about NFTs. And before we get off, where can people find you and your art? Best place to check me out is on Instagram. Uh, it's just my name, Jesse Dittmar, Jesse Dittmar. And then I've got my NFT gallery, including my uh, one of one Tom Brady uh, up for auction at OpenSea. 
and it's just openc di- uh, backslash ditmar. And I'm, I'm just really excited to be here. I love the pod, and uh, thanks so much for having me on. 100%, man. How much is that Tom Brady going for? Currently, it's it's around uh, a tenth of a tenth of point one ETH. But uh, say, so wait, 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 wait. We're talking about uh, we're talking about a, an exclusive, one of a kind. Tom Brady, he knows about it. He's involved for 180 bucks right now. We're looking at that. I mean, that's what we're going at right now. But there's a couple days left, and I'm expecting it to jump Yo, up quite we... a bit. I mean, we've got we've got some bidding activity recently, and it includes a includes a, a print that I'll be sending to whoever whoever wins the auction and. Just really excited about it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a little undervalued right now, to be honest, but I, I expect that to go up. Well, damn, 180 bucks. Y'all get on this. You never know what that could be worth someday. Thanks, Jesse, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. And in today's headlines, Goldman Sachs Bitcoin investment offering coming here in Q2. In brief, Goldman Sachs is aiming to offer Bitcoin and other digital assets to its clients per a CNBC report. The bank is aiming for a second quarter of this year to offer these options. According to Mary Rich, Global Head of Digital Assets at the bank's Private Wealth Management Division, they're going to offer a full spectrum of investments across emerging asset classes, whether that's through physical Bitcoin, derivatives, or traditional investment vehicles. Looks like anybody's going to be able to get their hands on Bitcoin very, very soon. A couple of days ago, I reported that Uniswap's trading volume went crazy. It was up like 750% when I reported it. Well, apparently, that was all fake. Because $11 billion in fake Uniswap volume causes the DeFi project and DEXs to clash. Apparently, someone figured out how to make number go up. A developer has created a way to inflate Uniswap trade volumes on custom tokens. So what does this really mean for the whole crypto space? What does this mean for Uniswap? It means that they got to fix this. And that we were just bamboozled because of number go up fake hack. And finally, some Coinbase news. Coinbase announced on Tuesday that it hired Brett Redfern, who recently served as the director of the Securities and Exchange Commission, or the SEC, Trading and Market Division, to be Coinbase's new VP of Product for Capital Markets. This hire comes right before a critical moment before its public listing. Coincidence? I think not. It seems obvious that Coinbase is going to need help navigating the imminent government regulation. And who's better to do that than somebody who is part of government regulation? Smart move, Coinbase. Smart move. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. Don't forget to send me an email, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co, with your questions. I'm ready to answer them. Also, Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. Or leave us a comment and like, subscribe, share, wherever you listen to this podcast. Until tomorrow, happy hodling.